Do you guys think the band Rush caught wind of this? The whole situation. Caught wind of a boy band called Big Time Rush? There's no way they didn't, right? Every boy band should be like named after a prog rock band <laughs> like, with big time in front of Just one-upping a previous band. <laughs> yeah, like, this is my boy band, Big Time Genesis. This is Big Time King Crimson. That would get them sued, I think. Girl, my eyes and girl, my mind. It never stops after it's dark. Cause you're a girl, girl, a girl in my The girl in my Hot, hot, hot. Hot, hot, hot. Hot, hot, hot. Girl in my What time is it? It's girl time. I think it might be girl time. Inconclusive. Because it also might be party time. Oh, shit. I was going to get a Joe Jonas recording in here, but then I missed it. That's like my, I, th- I want to say like 23rd most played song on Spotify this year. That was a bad discovery for me. For the record, we are talking about It's Party Time, sung by Joe Jonas on the Hotel Transylvania 3, Three. soundtrack. I have not seen the film. <laughs> I haven't either. I saw the first two, unfortunately, and I, even more unfortunately, I very much enjoyed them. So welcome to From Rushers with Love, our Big Time Rush podcast. This week we are talking about the episode Big Time Party. My name is Maggie. I'm Haley. I'm Ashton. This episode was directed by John Rosenbaum, um, who also directed Big Time Love Song. And it was written by Dave Schiff, who also wrote School of Rock the episode not yes. the movie okay i'm realizing i just like love this director's energy right that's what very i very unhinged <laughs> that's literally the only reason that i wanted to find out who directed and wrote each one because i need to know who's actually really good at <laughs> putting big time rush out into the world so the episode starts in rock records the boys are carrying duffel bags full of unexplained contents they must be hockey gear. It can't be. They're so small. I was like, are they having a sleepover there? Oh, That's so cute. Stop. Oh my god. That's so cute. But James is like singing. I don't know. They're having a good time. But then they stop and they <laughs> sniff the air. Really dramatically. Um. Anyway, the punchline to that is that they all yell, I smell party. What does party smell like? I have that right now, too. Thing I wrote down. Well, we know they don't have COVID 19. <laughs> I guess... They have the opposite of COVID 19, where they can smell everything. Yeah, but like the only food they had out was like sushi and baby carrots. So it's not like there's really <laughs> aromatic food that they would be able to smell. But basically, Gustavo's, yeah, setting up a fancy party that they are not A classy to. party for executives only. Which is not a party that any of them have ever been exposed to, I'm sure. So, again, what does party smell like? I mean, Carlos <laughs> does have baby carrots in his nose, so... Spoiler. Not really. It's exactly the same thing that happens. <laughs> but it's a punchline to something. Yeah, they are told that... They don't want them playing with their food. And they say, we don't play with their food. And then Kelly tells James and Carlos to turn around and they are and playing. playing with their food. 
It's exactly like the, we're not little kids, we don't want dinosaur chicken nuggets, and then they're, like, attacking each other with their dino chicken nuggets. I love, I love their, like, combined energy. Uh, This had another really fun, weird Gustavo delivery that I wrote down, where he says the words, it's like, one, it's a classy party for executives only, two, I don't need dogs around playing with their food, but he does that, like, weird... It's I'm not dogs around playing with their food. Yeah. And then that's when Logan and Kendall are like, we don't play with food. And then uh, cue James and Carlos playing with food. So then to try to move on from that, they're like, oh, so you're going to have a big time rush party without big time rush. And they're like, well, you'll be here in spirit. And, and in, in cut, out. cut out form. They will be there. <laughs> And then Gustavo tells them, fine, they can stay, but they cannot go into a super party fun box. The the super party fun box, then obviously they go into it. <laughs> and then they get dropped off at their apartment and they're like, oh, I can't believe we fell for that. Because it's basically like a trunk, but deeper and standing on its side. So the top of it can open like a door and it says super party fun box on the outside. And it has all these blinking lights and there's music playing. So when they open it, there's like this curtain. So they all go in behind the curtain. And then that's presumably when these guys, I don't know who these guys are, but that's when they shut the box and bring them out of the building. (laughs) Gustavo had this planned. He knows them so well. It worked so well. I feel like it's a magic, it looks like a magic trick prop. Oh yeah, like someone's about to get sawed in half. (laughs) Yeah. Did we establish if they can walk to and from um, the recording studio from their apartment? They've run there before. But they're really tired. But they were also singing the whole time. I'm just trying to figure out how these people transported this super party fun box with four human boys inside of it. I also do want to, like, them walking into a box and being taken away is foreshadowing to... A later episode, so keep this one in mind. So then then they just have this box, too, like... Yeah, because I guess Gustavo doesn't really need it back. Like, he knew that they were dumb and would fall for it, but figures they're not so dumb that they would fall for it, like, a second time. So he's like, yeah, I don't really care. They can have it. So Mrs. Knight is taking Katie on a day trip, which I guess extends enough into the night for the night party <laughs> but it's just basically to explain why katie and mrs knight are not in this episode <laughs> right exactly because kendall does try to ask his mom if they can have a party but she just shuts him down immediately because it's a palmwoods rule and they have two strikes already and betters will kick them out if they get a third strike so the reasons <laughs> for their first two strikes are wild compared to the things that we know that they have done like these are pretty tame in comparison um they organize a palm woods wide pillow fight which is very try and abed and i respect that also very organized (laughs) so but whenever they get a strike bitter shows up and he holds up like a red cardboard x it's like the size of his head Um, And it's got a tiny picture of his head pasted in the middle of it, and he just holds it up with one hand, and then a buzzer noise plays. So the first one was the pillow fight, and the second one is an octopus in the pool. Yes. Which I should be surprised about, but I'm just not. 
And there's like a lot of fog. And I do really want to know about that, but I know we never will. Why did they do that to their pool that they love so much? Maybe they wanted the actress to be able to enjoy the pool. Oh, yes. Okay, that must be it. So, (laughs) okay, okay, here we go, here we go. Ready, ready, ready? Behind the scenes, here we go. So Logan was watching a documentary because he's a nerd and he's trying to put off the nerd vibe. He doesn't care about the documentary, but... Um, the other boys are encouraging him. They all sit and watch it with him, sort of. James is, like, reading a magazine or combing his hair or something. Carlos is playing a video game, like a like a game boy, whatever. Um, Kendall is zoning out, thinking about Joe. Uh, Gross. I know, but it's what he's doing. He's thinking about dates or whatever. He's thinking about hockey. <laughs> he is thinking about hockey. He's thinking about hockey dates with Joe. He's coming up with plays. Doesn't matter what he's thinking about. He's just kind of there. But he tunes in just in time to hear about how smart octopi are. And so they start talking about, oh, octopi are really smart. They can, like, problem solve and puzzle solve. And then Carlos is like, that poor octopus. He knows what he's missing out on. Like, they're like, oh, man. Like, most fish don't know what they're missing out on. But octopus does know. Man. He'll never get to be in the awesome Palmwoods pool. And so then they decided that they were going to help an octopus break out of the aquarium. We got it! <laughs> and then they're like, what do we do with it now that it's free? I guess we just put it in the Palmwoods pool. It's water. <laughs> they're idiots who don't realize that the ocean is right there. No, no. James and Carlos want an octopus friend. Can I posit my theory for the octopus? Yes. Absolutely. So they're all sitting around by the pool, and one of them said, Hey, wouldn't it be awesome if there's an octopus in the pool? But the Jennifers were walking by, and they were like, Um, you can't put an octopus in the pool? That's stupid. So then out of spite, Kendall, I think, is the pettiest, so he would have loved this. (laughs) Um, But they all conspired to get an octopus in the pool so they could prove them wrong. I I do love that. That's that's much better. Unless they were like... You can get an octopus in the pool. We will go out with you because they don't think it's possible. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> this is perfect. So they need to throw this party because they're teenagers, and if they don't party, they could die. They close the door, and Bitters has taped his two strikes to the door so that everyone knows. So he obviously implemented this strike system after they've done a bunch of other worse stuff. So it's 100% because of them that they even have the system in the first place. And I bet they're the only ones who actually have strikes. (laughs) Yes. Ah, those scarlet letters. So uh, Kendall decides that if it's not, you know, instead of a party, maybe they can have a social gathering. No, he suggests a get-together, and Logan get suggests together. a social get-together. Right. Either way, uh, James and Carlos, very excitedly, social gathering, social gathering, get-together, get-together. It's, it's too real for me. So Kendall follows this up by telling James and Carlos that it's their responsibility to transform 2J into a cool club atmosphere, and that they also need to get some snacks and sodies. So is that like 
a Minnesota thing? Because why else would you say sodies? I just I, did not I like think hearing that was... him say sodies. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it was Dave Smith's attempt at writing a young person. <laughs> <laughs> and Kendall says that if they each invite three people, then it's still small enough for get-together. So he tells them to get the snacks and sodies, and then they just pull them out of thin air. So we talked about each of them having one secret superpower. Are you saying that conjuring snacks and sodies is their superpower? I'm just saying I don't think we determined what James's was. Kendall's is luck. I think Logan's was immortality. <laughs> yes. James's power is materializing things, and he handed it to because Carlos. he's very materialistic yes so uh so. yeah this next transition is because kendall's last line for those of you keeping track is get some snacks and sodies and then his next line is and i'm gonna invite joe because i kind of get a thing for her which is a bad line until you get to the next scene <laughs> So they cut to the pool, and he holds up just this unidentifiable object. Could not tell what it was. Yeah, I don't know. It was like these steel cable coils wrapped around this gadgety thing. If anything, it's an art piece. Right, but it's a thing. And Joe says, oh, thanks for this thing. And he's not asking her to be his date. And she's like, so you want me to be your guest friend person thing at your non-party? Yeah. Is what she says. So Bitters overhears him telling her that it's super fun and starts at 7. So he says, what's super fun and starts at 7? And Kendall tells him that it's marbles. They're going to play marbles. On these things. <laughs> And then Bitters holds up a third strike, like, tentatively. Like he's preparing. The buzzer noise still happens, though, because... Strike came into It's like a foregone conclusion. So for the next scene, we get a fun party setting up montage with James and Carlos. They're wearing matching leopard print suit jackets, but James is, is purple, and it's an extremely good look. They steal Katie's VIP area idea <laughs> from the first episode. Oh, you know what? She probably just had that stuff sitting around and they just borrowed it. Yep. And then they turn their TV to, like, a lava lamp channel, <laughs> which is, is fine. I would enjoy it, I guess. When Kendall and Logan get back, Kendall says that it's a little much. It's supposed to be a, a you know, a small get-together. You start small, but you start hot. So it happens when they're talking, they're doing like hand gestures as they speak, but they're doing them exactly in sync with each other. They're not looking at each other. Yeah. What happens with these two sometimes is that they just form to become kind of a unit. They're not really separate people at that point. I, there's just three <laughs> members of Big Time Rush yeah. now. Kendall, Logan, and Jarlos. <laughs> And this culminates in the immortal line that we are going to be the Hollywood super party kings of Hollywood. And Logan says, you said Hollywood twice. 
You because bet I did. He's smart and can count to two. And I also am obsessed with the fact that this party is the only thing that they can do successfully. Guests are here. Um, Joe and Camille show up together. Joe is wearing this. I can't decide if it's cute or not. It's like a rainbow. It's not like a straight up plaid. It's sort of, it's not gingham. I don't know what it is. I'm just trying to like determine what vibe she's going for. I mean, I guess she's going for like North Carolina. (laughs) Kendall's just wearing a cardigan. She probably just assumed he was going to wear flannel and wanted to match him and didn't know what color he was going to wear. So she just picked all of them. So what happens next is that James and Carlos obviously know she's here for Kendall. So they point her over to the VIP area where Kendall's standing with the clipboard. And she asks if she's on the list. And he says, you're the only one on the list. And then throws the clipboard. (laughs) It hits a lamp. This wasn't very funny. (laughs) He did it for Joe's benefit. And she didn't laugh at it. I think this joke was just for himself, probably. Also, now that I think about it, unless he um, showed the thing to his friends, that thing joke was just for him. (laughs) I am 100% willing to believe that Kendall just does jokes for himself. Sometimes he's good, actually. Did James and Carlos make the VIP area for Kendall and Joe, or did Kendall see it and decide to take advantage of it i think carlos and james like found katie's vip stuff and were like oh we should put this up because then it'll feel like a cool club but then they were like wait being in the vip area is lame because you can't dance and so kendall was like i'll just take it and i'll sit and hang out there with joe and so everybody's happy because it's still like there is a vip area so that gives the vibe of a, a club whatever they're trying to go for and Kendall doesn't have to dance. Kendall has brought the entire couch into the VIP area. Yeah. And like bean bags. But yeah, they choose to sit on the two very small bean bags instead. Well, the couch is facing away from the dance floor. Oh, that's fair. Just rewind a little bit. When Camille shows up, she's immediately like, Where's Logan? <laughs> and that's not how she's. That was. Like, hey, where's Logan? <laughs> Um, so James and Carlos immediately direct her to Logan, and he is making pizza bagels. Because um, Camille's like, is it hot in here, or is it just you? And he's She's like, so oh, it's actually hot. I was making these. <laughs> and he takes them out of the oven, and then she smacks the baking sheet away from him, and they spill everywhere, and it was probably like 425 degrees and it was her bare hand. She's just like Christian Kane. And then Logan asks if she's preparing for a movie role, because she usually is. <laughs> and she says, yes, it's called You Are Mine Tonight, and it's starring me <laughs> and you. And then she dips him. She's so smooth. Logan wasn't a huge fan of it because he, like, twists out of her arms and then falls onto the kitchen floor and crawls away and as this is happening kendall and joe are talking about how nice it is to finally be alone with each other and then logan crawls into the middle of them and logan (laughs) is immediately having a crisis over all of this and joe's like what's the problem camille's really cool and kendall's response is you gotta admit she's pretty crazy 
and then Joe is like, oh, so your friends are normal? So Kendall is pretty mean to Camille in this episode, which is not a vibe I really noticed before. Yeah. I know they end up becoming very close, and I'm very excited for it. It really all culminates in big time secret. I do love them, but wow, they are not there yet. They exemplify how crazy Kendall's friends are by showing Carlos dancing really aggressively into a person and then knocking them off screen. No. He does not even notice. Was he wearing the He doesn't wear the helmet this entire party, does he? So Kendall's advice for Logan is to tell her that you're not interested and you just want to be friends. Well, Joe's advice is to just relax and see how it goes and I don't know who is right in this situation because on the one hand Logan knows how much Camille likes him and he doesn't seem to reciprocate that so he should tell her that so she's he's not leading her on Mm -hmm. but at the same time maybe Logan does like Camille he just has anxiety I don't know what's going on in Logan's head He's so weird. I don't think he knows if he likes Rhea either. I think he's still trying to figure out how he feels. And Camille knows what she wants and is going for it, which is very good for her. But she is putting him in the position where he feels like he has to make a decision. and He doesn't know how he feels yet in order to make that decision. And so then Kendall's coming at it, having seen this and saying, okay, you need to back away because it's going to be a mess. And Joe is coming from the position of, okay... Camille is a really great friend of mine and she really likes this guy and he has no reason to say no. And she hasn't really seen the side of Logan not really wanting to be with her. I thought their advice was supposed to parallel their own situation, though. Like, Kendall wants to be friends with Joe and Joe wants to star in Kendall's fantasy movie? (laughs) I watched this very early in the morning, so I... um, Because Joe was the one who was initially like, no, I just want to be friends and Kendall wanted to date. And then it sounds like they're sort of, like, switching. I did not even think about it that way. I just kind of thought Kendall <laughs> didn't like Camille. not true. I don't know. That's really interesting, though. So Logan imagines himself in Camille's fantasy movie, which is him, like, saving her from ninjas. She doesn't do anything except stand there. And, and part of the fantasy is... Like, it starts with her saying, is it hot in here or is it just you? And then the ninjas come out and then he takes them all out and it ends with him saying, it's just me. And then, like, in real life, Logan (laughs) leaps up and starts doing karate moves and he goes, Joe, thanks for the advice. Kendall, you were totally wrong. And Kendall's face, he looks so put out. This guy does not like being wrong. No. Guitar dude shows up to the party and with his groupies. Door, he sings his "What's Up" song from the pilot again, and everyone is so elated to see him. And I was too. Yes, guitar dude is very good, and there's the exact correct amount of him in this series. So now they give us a little <laughs> taste of what's happening over at the Rock Records party, which is essentially Griffin telling Gustavo how boring <laughs> and awful it is. So Griffin says that the party is so boring that he would rather watch a Dutchman make molasses, which is nothing. That's that's, that's not, I mean, like, why is that what came to mind? Then he says he's going to go play games on his phone. 
And Fujisaki is asleep on, like, the couch, sitting up. Which, again, time difference. Yeah. This poor man, they never account for the time difference, and he just suffers. But what I don't think we can blame the time difference for is when he starts coughing and he falls off the couch and they all think he's dying (laughs) and he's laying on the floor. Yeah, they said he's going to die of boredom. So back at apartment 2J, Kendall and Joe are still in the VIP section and they say that they think it's going very well and then they clink their plastic cups together and Kendall (laughs) makes a little, he just says clink very softly and it was very cute. cute. His drink is in a blue cup and hers is in a red cup and I just... The heteronormativity there pissed me off so much. But at least we know that Kendall's favorite smoothie is the pink one. So (laughs) we have that to fall back on when the heteronormativity is too much. So it's going well, but then uh, Kendall asks Joe if she likes hockey. She says, ugh, I hate hockey. And he does a spit take. (laughs) Kendall dies. Spoilers. (laughs) Kendall dies in this episode. He chokes to death on his beverage. What's wild is this this is the second time Kendall has died. (laughs) This is why I think the theory that hockey players are marginalized is really interesting and worth exploration. Yes, let's pause here for a minute. (laughs) No, we don't have to. No, I want to. If hockey players are marginalized, Joe's... I think she's really classist, but... Yeah, doesn't I mean, realize okay, it, yes. which we do see come up again later in the episode. Yes, I was just about to say that. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, classism is a better way of contextualizing it than saying that Joe is racist because of our dumb hockey metaphors, because that's, <laughs> that's not true. what's happening. No, it's... But classist works. Huh. So now we get to go see what Logan's up to, and before we get to the scene, I just would like to mention another theory of mine, which is that between Logan and Camille, only one of them can be normal at (laughs) any given time. Yes. Yeah. In this interaction, Camille's the normal one, and (laughs) Logan is off his shit. I don't really know what's happening with him. Yeah, he's like, oh, so where were we? In his defense, she was on that level the last time he spoke to her, and then she just... Out of, like, she's just normal now, with no warning. I mean, Logan's here, like, doing karate moves at her, and she knows about the balance that has to be struck. She knows the effect that she has on the space around her when she's acting. If she responded to the karate, then things would just escalate immediately. And she's a lot smarter than we give her credit for. But then, in walks Mercedes... Mercedes Griffin. The last episode ended with her deciding that she wanted to date Logan. A bunch more teens show up after that. They, like, break down the door. They knock over Kendall, and he drops his plastic cup, and it makes a, like, breaking glass (laughs) sound, which is fun. And this is when we find out that James couldn't decide who to invite, so he just invited the three hottest girls on his phone. And Carlos couldn't decide who to invite, so he just invited the first three contacts in his phone and the third one was Al Contacts. Um, And Al Contacts is of course all contacts so he invited his entire phone. 
but also just a quick a quick peek into Carlos's phone. If he invited all his contacts, a message would have gone out to all the boys, right? And to Katie. And to Katie, and Mrs. Knight, and Gustavo, and or Kelly. So either he doesn't have all their numbers, or they have, like, soft-blocked him? (laughs) I'm trying to think about who else's number he should have and doesn't. I refuse to believe he doesn't have Freight Train's number. Freight Train should have been here. So now somebody else smells party. (laughs) What does party smell like? But, uh, yeah, it's bitters now he smells party. And he puts on, like, a Ghostbusters outfit. (laughs) He's got, like, a big old boom mic. So back at the party, um, there are two Russian acrobats there. Uh, (laughs) No one knows why they're in Carlos's contact list. James is, like, really mad about it. And Carlos is like, I'm a people person. (laughs) Can I talk about the Russian acrobats for a second? I would love for you to do that. So the woman, Russian acrobat, she's actually pretty famous. Her name's Bonnie Morgan. She's an actress, stunt woman, and contortionist, and grew up in a family of circus performers. The place I recognized her from the most, she played Colette in the series of Unfortunate Events series, who's the contortionist from when they went to the carnival, the yeah. carnivorous carnival, I believe. Uh, she was an alien in Star Trek Discovery, which was exciting for me, but probably nobody else. <laughs> She was a McPoyle in the Maureen Ponderosa Wedding Massacre episode <gasps> of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And apparently in the movies The Ring 2 and Rings, she did the spider crawl out of the well, which I have not seen those films, but sounds creepy. Oh, wow. She holds a record in the Guinness World Records for having spent around three minutes with two other people in a box of two by two feet. Oh, my goodness. Which is wild. What is she doing on Big Time Rush? I mean, like, I don't know if I would want to be on Big Time Rush if I was, like, really famous and talented, but she has to play, like, kind of a stereotype. I feel like a lot of her roles are going to be stereotypes. Like, in Series of Unfortunate Events, she was in a literal freak show. I was talking about, like, the the things that they yell in Russian. They just... All that they yell is Opa. I know. Which... I know that Opa is what you yell, like, what Greeks yell when you're having a really fun party, so it fits. Oh, okay. I thought, I don't know what I thought it was. I should have... I'm doing... Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's just not a word in Russian. They were just like, yeah, make a sound. Okay, that's what I was wondering, because, like, I had never heard of it used as a Russian thing, and it, it threw me when they yelled Opa, and then he said, oh, the Russian acrobats. <laughs> Because it's definitely a Greek thing. They were like, people, American children don't know the difference, which, like, but like I like certainly the, didn't. The water bottles that we get from the Greek festival have a little Greek man on it, and he's yelling Opa, and that's just, like, their little logo. Their little Logi? No! No! Okay, I'm glad that you looked it up and found that it was not a Russian thing. No. Well, maybe in the big time universe, it's a Russian thing. In their universe, is Greece part of Russia? Was Greece part of the Soviet Union? And then. <laughs> so, this is too much party. They need to get rid of the party because Bitters is going to give them that third strike. And then they're out. So, Kendall and Joe are going to go distract Bitters while James and Carlos get rid of the party. But they can't get rid of the party, because then they won't be party kings. They'll be party killers. 
they're very conflicted. James is like, no teenager should have to make decisions like this. And this is where Logan appears once more. <laughs> he says he's got a problem. There are two girls at this party who are in love with him. James is like, got it. So what's the problem? And Carlos is like, dude, two girls have a crush on you at the same time. This is not a problem, which means they've never met yeah. Logan before. <laughs> maybe they just like seeing him suffer. Or maybe it's like a Jarlos thing. Like this is a third member of the band who doesn't know the other two very well yet and is still kind of figuring it out. <laughs> They're a fusion. I wrote down Logan is gay a lot of times in my notes. I don't think it's true. I think he just, like, is the worst. He's just an indecisive teen boy who is not prepared for the situation. I know you didn't mean it this way, but it sounded kind of like you were like, Logan's the worst, so he has to be gay. (laughs) I was actually proposing them as, like, a dichotomy, like, either he's gay or he's the worst. I mean, if he was gay, Logan wouldn't even be able to figure that out because he's too indecisive. <laughs> he would never get there. So James, or I'm sorry, Jarlos, um, via <laughs> James says, this is the best party of your life. And then Logan goes back to that fantasy movie again. And it's the same premise, but this time he unmasks one of the ninjas and it's Mercedes. Well, no, she catches his hand when she goes when he goes to punch her, and then unmasks herself and says, "Actually, it's me." I'm sorry. Because it started with, "Is it hot in here? Or is it just you?" Forgot she had agency in Logan's fantasy. <laughs> That's fair. You wouldn't expect <laughs> it. In the fantasy, Mercedes and Camille both start fighting over Logan. Mm-hmm. So they like grab each of his arms and are tugging him back and forth. Like, no, he's mine. No, he's mine. And then it switches back to the real life in the party, and Logan's, like, still being pulled back and forth by the fantasy girls. By his own arms. His eyes are closed, his arms are spread wide, and he's just, like, chugging himself back and forth. He's just vibing. (laughs) Yeah! Hey, really quick, the only music that we hear them play at this party is big-time Rush music. Do they know any other music? (laughs) I'm sure that at one point Gustavo was like, all right, you got to get all your cool Hollywood friends to love this music and promote it so that when the album releases, I don't know, he probably like was trying to explain to them how album promotion works at some point and all they heard was, got it, only ever play our songs so everyone (laughs) hears it. Or James is just like genuinely super proud of it and wants to play it. Ooh, I like that actually all right so logan's terrible situation is put on hold for a little bit because kendall and joe are trying to get to know each other better joe asks kendall if he likes ice dancing bubble tea and romantic vampire novels to which (laughs) he responds no no and let's talk about it on the way to the lobby because they have to go like distract bitters or something but if the situation with ice sports and oppression but not not really not like societally just it's probably considered like a high art and you have to train for years and years and years to be able to do it and it looks really cool and it's like the most popular sport in the winter olympics i think it's the one people talk about the most in my social circles for sure and then hockey (laughs) is um not like that (laughs) yeah it would be a lot cheaper to join a hockey team than to hire a professional ice dancing coach 
Well, that kind of discussion does come up in a future episode. But for now... <laughs> Can't sanction his dislike of bubble tea, though. That sucks, Kendall. I don't agree with you. I wish I had some right now. Dump it on his head. <laughs> no, why would I waste it? <laughs> That's fair. So next we get another wild Kendall-Camille interaction. Camille asks Kendall, Hey, have you seen Logan? And Kendall responds, Yeah, lots of times. <laughs> and then just which is so rude. It's very funny, but oh my god. I mean, I think really he just didn't have time to discuss it. Like, he, he didn't have time for this right now. He has to stop them from getting kicked out of the palm woods. But it really also felt like he was making fun of her, kind of. I don't know if he was making fun of her, just like, sure, lots of times. I don't want to talk about this right now. Bye. Maybe it was a case of him trying to be funny, but no, <laughs> yeah. it came off that way to nobody else. So it was just another joke for himself. <laughs> Right. So Logan, uh, each of his dates, Mercedes is at the top of the swirly slide and Camille is at the bottom of it. And he keeps climbing up and down the slide to talk to them. And it's very wacky. And whenever they try to ask him a question, he just like puts his finger to their lips and goes, shh. <laughs> but you, you know that he's trying to be like, quote unquote, romantic. <laughs> so now Joe and Kendall are waiting for the elevator. And they're still trying to find something that they have in common. And Joe says, do you like ballet dancing, fine art, or Scandinavian cheese? And Kendall says... I like slam dancing. (laughs) Which got me so much, I missed the rest of it. Slam dancing, lawn darts, and cheese puffs. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to figure out where the difference lies between just a teenage boy having bad taste in things Mm -hmm. and also like a major class difference because we know that Joe's Mm -hmm. pretty rich. Like her dad is a really high profile government job. Mm -hmm. Aren't lawn darts illegal now because it's too dangerous? I don't think so. I thought I heard that. They probably stopped making them. Maybe like they got sued enough times they just stopped making them, but they still exist. 2010. Oh, lawn darts were banned in America by the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission in 1988 for the severe damage that they presented. This ban had to be reissued in 1997, and people were urged to destroy the game. Love that. So the elevator shows up, and Bitters is already in it. <gasps> and he just, like, he goes right past them because he doesn't think... He scans them with, like, his boom mic on a stick. <laughs> But, like, it's weird that he doesn't think Kendall is the problem, because Kendall is the only person with strikes on his door. He's been the problem so many times prior. And then Joe saves the day by yelling, I'd love to go to that party on the fourth floor! And then they run into the elevator. And Bitters is like, I'm gonna go bust that party on the fourth floor. This is where Kendall calls James to get everyone out of the apartment. And James yells, we're working on it. And Kendall's like, are, are you on the dance floor right now? And James's response to this is, I can't hear you. I'm dancing into a tunnel. And then, and then yeah, he immediately hangs up on Kendall. Oh, Jarlos. <laughs> so we got to check in on Gustavo's party because people there are falling asleep on the floor. Because <laughs> it's so boring. And Kelly says, the Russian acrobats cancel. I guess that's 
they're at this blah. <laughs> I guess there's some huge party everyone's talking about. And Griffin pops in just to be annoying and says, Oof, too bad. Fujisaki loves Russian acrobats. This was when I noticed I didn't notice it before. Gustavo is wearing like a pinstripe white linen suit. Yeah. Which is very funny. And glasses. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, oh my goodness. He's wearing fake glasses because he always wears sunglasses and he's try- he replaced them with his classy glasses. <gasps> his classes. So it affects the situation. Obviously, the only course of action is for Gustavo and Kelly to dress up like Russian acrobats and do the routine, which is definitely one they're capable of. Part of the routine is just stacking chairs. Yes. And Gustavo stacks the last chair really badly, so it knocks this entire tower of chairs onto one man to crush him. <laughs> and Griffin's standing, like, right behind him, and his response is to just sigh and pull out his phone to play more games. <laughs> Abdul's right behind him, like, leaning over his shoulder, watching him play. <laughs> what would he have been playing in 2010? Robot unicorn attack? I don't know. Snake? Oh, no, he's probably one of those people who paid for games on his phone. Yeah, so Robot Unicorn Attack. Yeah. Another part of the routine is apparently just grabbing hands and spinning around really fast, like in Titanic. But again, they just do a really bad job, and Kelly gets launched across the room. <laughs> Into the refreshment table. <laughs> and, then, and then it goes to Fujisaki looking so disappointed, and then he turns to the cardboard cutout of the boys next to him and says... I can't believe you work for this guy. And then, like, kind of pats the back of the cardboard cutout, and it falls over. And he goes, these aren't the real boys. So up until literally this last watch through, I thought that Fujisaki was saying, these aren't even real boys, as in they were never real. (laughs) And the entire band was a scam. And the boys have been cardboard this entire time. Which is so much funnier, and I'm really disappointed that's not what he had actually said. (laughs) But I just... These aren't the real boys! (laughs) Uh, Kills me. And then we just leave that party. Yeah, rip. So Kendall and Joe finally return to the apartment, and they're surprised to find it empty. And Kendall's like, wow, they actually did it. So he goes to turn down the music, which is still playing, but when he turns the dial, the music is still playing, and he's very confused by this. Joe calls him over to the window that overlooks the pool and is like, hey, you should probably see this. The awesome Palmwoods pool. (laughs) Where the party is now happening. And the out there by the pool party is packed and this area around the pool is much bigger than their apartment, so they definitely just collected people on the way out. <laughs> yeah. So Logan is still in his bullshit. <laughs> He's got um, a couple of those cabanas next to each other by the poolside, and Camille's in one, and Mercedes is in the other one, and he keeps popping back and forth to like try to give them equal attention, but while also keeping it a secret from the other one. At one point, he does call Mercedes his muffin loaf. And his puka shell. Yeah. And then they just throw him in the pool. It's completely just amazing. (laughs) And that's when Kendall turns around and goes, well, Logan's in the pool. (laughs) Oh, and 
before that, I don't remember what the conversation was that led up to this, but then Kendall just looks bewildered at Joe, and Joe just, like, awkward dances. Yeah, that was good. Also, I don't know. It was... Kendall is still mad, but I don't know why he's still mad, because, like, no one can necessarily blame them for the party at this point. Like, everyone can just... Okay, but who could have blamed them for the pillow fight? Was the pillow fight in their apartment? No, it was in the lobby. Oh, then I I don't know. Well, their strike was for organizing it, so Bitter somehow knew they had organized it. But he doesn't know who organized the party. Right, but Jarlos <laughs> have been calling themselves the Hollywood Super Party Kings of Hollywood. They are wearing matching party jackets. Yeah, because they're one man, one boy. So Kendall's solution is they need to give Bitter's a party to bust, and he does like that double point thing into nothing for emphasis and he takes the boom box and everyone goes aww joe takes a party horn directly out of someone's <laughs> mouth and james has another boom box that a starts playing halfway there you know what he materialized it Ooh, superpower there we go so kendall and joe are running around with this boom box that's playing any kind of guy again that's the cd that was in it He's not going to go and find a different CD to play. So they're just running around the palm woods and Bitters is chasing them because he hears party. I can't believe he wouldn't. He never checked the pool for a party at all. Well, he he might have done that at first when he knew that there was a party. The big question is how did they manage to get the entire party out of their apartment and down at least one floor without... Well, you know what? They had him on the fourth floor. Ooh. Maybe Camille teleported them with her magic. <laughs> Love that. I think if somebody yelled, let's go to the pool, they would have moved. Oh, I would quickly. immediately go to That's the pool. That's true. Anyway, it's a great party out by the pool. The party is so good. And now we get to check in on Gustavo's party, which is also <laughs> so good. It's a Dutch man cooking molest. <laughs> which, I mean, Griffin said he would rather watch that. So Gustavo's like, okay, we're doing it terrible job i need to call the boys so he calls carlos wait hmm. so that means gustavo is in carlos's contact list probably i mean that doesn't mean you save the oh, number yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and he did answer the phone hello hollywood super party kings of hollywood <laughs> or whatever yeah. yeah, Gustavo wants Carlos to get all the boys over there to liven up their party, but Carlos is like, dude, no, our party rocks over here, we're not leaving. And then you hear him yell, put me down, you crazy Russian acrobats, because apparently he's crowd surfing. <laughs> <laughs> so now they know where the super cool party is. And then Kelly's like, everybody listen up, we're going to the party bus, we're going to the Palmwoods party. What's the party bus? And they also all just bolt out of there. I mean, me too, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it seemed like a kind of shitty party. I didn't see any alcohol. Yeah, there's no alcohol at the boys' parties, the thing. Nope, just snacks and sodies. <laughs> Maybe sodies is their code for <laughs> Oh my god. Alcohol. No, but I do love the idea that it's not even that they want to be rebellious party throwers it's just like we want to have a party and have fun like they're not even trying to do anything illegal yeah like the idea of having alcohol did not even occur to them right 
I would love to see the Big Time Rush Boys in, like, a Riverdale show. Not as Riverdale-esque Big Time Rush, but Big Time Rush as they exist in this weird teen universe. (laughs) I can definitely see Logan doing the, in case you haven't noticed, I'm weird speech. Oh, that sucks. See, I wasn't trying to say that they are, like... No, I know, but that's what I think of, because I've never seen Riverdale either, so... I know. But it's just, like, this weird hyper-sexualized, and, like, there's drugs and alcohol involved, and I think a gang war? I don't know. I've just seen a lot of people talking about it. There would be, like, a big-time fake IDs episode if this aired on the CW. No, no, the thing is, I really really love the idea of, like, these four boys who are just trying to have some good, pure fun. It's like, oh, it's a party. Let's go and dance. And it's like, hey, do you want to try these drugs? No, we're just here to dance. Do you want to hear our song? Like, that's definitely the case this time. But, like, I can, if they started to run out of plot lines, yeah, definitely see them investigating this. And so we do switch back to Kendall and Joe. Kendall's like, you know, we're going to laugh about this someday. And Joe goes, I'm laughing about it now, which is so cute. She's so cute. I love her. Yeah, it was really, really cute. She deserves better. And so then they lead <laughs> they, they lead bitters down the hall to the clown, I mean, the super party fun box. <laughs> which is playing like a muffled any kind of guy from inside. It's <laughs> And he approaches and does not have a gift for the Super Party Fun Box. <laughs> With his bull mic. <laughs> he enters it and then they lock him in there. Rip. And then say, what do we do now? Let's get down to that party. So he- this is the second time that they have locked this man in a small space. That we know of. Yep. And it will not be the last time this happens. Right. Mm-mm. So this party that they've thrown just got crashed by a bunch of adults that they work with. In suits. Which I would hate so much as a teenager. I would hate it now. Well, Fujisaki's having a great time. Like, he's still coughing and whatever, but he's still whooping through the coughs. (laughs) He has whooping cough. Oh, no. (laughs) And then Griffin walks up from behind Gustavo and goes... Whoop, whoop, Gustavo. Whoop, whoop, indeed. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to get funky. And Griffin is actually used flawlessly in this episode. He's used flawlessly a lot of times, but he didn't make my skin crawl as much in this episode. He was just really funny. Yeah, he just gets to be weird. He says his weird thing and then removes himself from the situation. Yes. And then it, it switches to sad, wet, Logan wrapped in a towel <laughs> and Mercedes is mad at him and is like, I, I don't even want to date you anymore. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to love again. My heart is broken. Hey, you're cute. You're my boyfriend now. And she walks away with guitar too. I ship it. Yeah, I can get behind it. And now a towel lands on Logan's head, like thrown from behind. So he's like a towel ghost for a <laughs> second there. And it turns out it was Camille who threw the towel at him. And Logan's, like, finally normal for a second. He apologizes and said he was being a jerk. And Logan says, oh, so you're mad at me, right? And Camille's response is, oh, big time. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. She's just making fun of them. It's great. 
Camille decides that she is not talking to Logan for one whole week, but they can still dance. And Logan tries to tell her that she's really cool, but she shushes him by smashing her finger on his mouth like he kept doing grossly the whole episode. She really doesn't need to be cutting Logan this much slack, but at least he apologized. And they're both normal at the same time for like a second. Uh So the other thing is like, so because he was dunked in the pool, his hair gel washed out and his hair looks more like episode one. (laughs) And he looks more like the sad, scared little boy who walked out of the audition. (laughs) He's Satan. With guys sunglasses, um, but I think unfortunately, as soon as he gets sad, he just becomes this like adorable little little guy, little Logie, <laughs> little Logie. Um, all of the weirdness went out of him because he went back to being his normal Minnesota boy self. But we also know that being pushed into the pool like normalizes the oh, guys. That's true. So I think they just reset him. So now he's like. <laughs> good for a while mm-hmm. um so joe says i guess we have tricking building managers and dancing in common <laughs> and kendall's like and hockey <laughs> which the answer is still no <laughs> but then famous starts playing so of course they have to dance to famous you know like synchronized dance famous. to famous so they also bonded over that mm-hmm so now everyone's dancing and it's really cute and Gustavo and Kelly are still doing the robot and James and Carlos have this little <laughs> setup that I thought was interesting. <laughs> so I assume they're lifeguard chairs because that's what they look like, but I've never seen a lifeguard at the pool. No. So they're chairs that have been stacked on two <laughs> tables that have been pushed together and then they have crowns that look like they're made out of pool noodles or other party favors. Um, and they have pool noodle scepters, which are decorated with little plastic cups on top. <laughs> and they've ascended. They've reached their peak. <laughs> they have become the Super Hollywood Jarlo. party, whatever they are. <laughs> they, s- <laughs> they survey what they have done and they see that it is good. <laughs> and then they continue to party. From their chairs. I don't think we ever find out how Bitters gets out. I don't think he does. I miss parties, you guys. I don't even like them. It's like, oh, well. I want to go to this party specifically, though. Mm -hmm. It seems much better than regular parties. The only other thing I had to say about this episode is that it's the first episode of the second half of season one, which is only important because I grew up having the DVD of volume one of season one which is the first i forget how many the first several episodes of the season so i watched those all the time i knew them like line for line um and then yeah we're about to get into some more uncharted territory i mean i watched them a lot but there's still some things that i had forgotten about that really destroyed me so (laughs) i know this isn't a fun fact mentioned on wiki or anything the strikes are just removed from their door and are never mentioned again (laughs) i think he was embarrassed after he got stuck in the fun box that's how they they um they let him they told him they'd let him out if he takes the strikes 
they let Bandana Man release him. Uh-huh. Either that or they actually did something to get them a third strike on their door. But Kelly just shows up and hands Bitters a check for $1,000 to appease him because they kind of need to be in L.A. Mm-hmm. to make band happen. I like to think that even with all of the making it happen fees or whatever they have to pay to bidders, uh, the Palmwoods is still the cheapest possible option for them to live in L.A. Yeah, probably. (laughs) So our next episode is going to be about big time jobs, which is fantastic, (laughs) and I'm extremely excited for it. So keep your eyes open for that one. In the meantime, though, you can follow us on social media. On Instagram and Tumblr, we are from Rushers with Love, all one word. And that is also our email at gmail.com if you have any hot takes you want to share. Uh, Twitter, we are Rushers with Love. And if you just want to go to our website, rusherswithlove.podbean.com, it'll have all the links there and all of our episodes. Um, also, got to thank our... Uh, logo artist Molly, who you can find on Instagram at M O L L L Y M A Y Y. Molly made. I I don't like. <laughs> Every time I say it, I do a bad job. It's chill. It's in our Instagram bio. Are your guys' pants cold? That was bad. Um, <laughs> that wasn't good. My pants are actually pretty warm because they're wrapped up in a big old blanket. Okay. Are my pants cold in here, or is it just me? Nice. <laughs> That's it. That's the end. We yeah. did it. Oh my.